Vanity of vanities, says the teacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. We even get an exclamation point today. The Common English Bible says, perfectly pointless, says the teacher. Perfectly pointless. Everything is pointless. Then the Hebrew reads, vapor. Everything is just vapor. We all understand where they're coming from, I think. We've all been there, haven't we? That time of our life, a day, a week, a period, a season, when nothing makes sense, where things have fallen apart, where everything is chaos, and life is, as the teacher of Ecclesiastes says today, vapor. Well, Jesus doesn't say everything is pointless like the teacher does. We don't get any of that that fun cynicism from Jesus. But Jesus does say, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. So maybe Jesus means that everything is pointless. Oh, good. Sometimes life is pointless and everything is pointless and we shouldn't center ourselves on our stuff. Oh, good. Today we get the sermon about our stuff. And suddenly CBS Sunday morning seems like a good idea. Well, well, not really. In a sermon just about our obsession with stuff, I would be telling you the painfully obvious. And I don't believe for a second that there's not a person here who does not understand that our lives do not and cannot just consist of of stuff. So why is it that I am so obsessed with stuff? And so much of my attention and time and energy is dedicated to maintaining and acquiring, and as I get older, remembering where (laughs) my stuff is. I hear what Jesus is saying. I do. I hear it all the time. I've read some of the fabulous books about simplicity, like The Power of Half. Great book. I still hold on for dear life to stuff. Stuff dominates my life. How long have I gone today without checking this thing, my cell phone? I just checked it just now. I I probably spend some days more time uh, looking at this thing and conversing with people on Facebook than I do talking to my kids or my wife. And I suspect I have some fellow sinners in this room in that regard. Not only do I work long hours to buy stuff, but I spend hours of my life managing stuff. I drive all the way across town to get my car that's been repaired. I have a whole crew of people that I have to pay to come in and fix up my house, to to scrape and paint my walls, and to, to fix my toilets, and to make sure that the air conditioning works. I live in a comfort that's so comfortable that people of the ancient world probably couldn't have even imagined how comfortable I would be. I have more than plenty 
as my ever-expanding waistline can attest to, and I still long for so much more. I just have to have an iPhone 5 when my upgrade comes around. I just have to have that steel tenor guitar. I must have a Sunburst Gibson guitar. I must have another turbo diesel Volkswagen gets 45 miles per gallon on the highway. I must have some wonderful handmade clergy shirts from Alan Buckwell of B&H Clergy Shirts in London, England. And I must someday own a saltwater aquarium with a box pufferfish. My list goes on and on and on. Okay, so then the, the answer is easy, right? I, I get less obsessed with my stuff, and I, I stop wanting so much stuff that I will be better. I deny myself all the stuff I want, and then I am right with God. Not, still, not quite. Something's still not right, because why do I need all the stuff? Why do I, like the, form, the farmer, need to hoard all these belongings? Why do I need five guitars? Why do I feel convinced somehow that musical instruments in a saltwater aquarium with a little Nemo fish will somehow complete me as a human being? Am I selfish beyond all redemption, I wonder sometimes? Does all this stuff give me a, a kind of, of, of spiritual myopia? that warps my view of God and my, my vision of God and of other people, and most of all, my vision of myself? Does this warped view separate me from God? So, then, since as Christ followers we believe that in the end God will somehow miraculously give us generous hearts, then someday we will know that, like Jesus says today, all our, stuff is, all our stuff is not a sign of our ultimate worth. Still, not quite. I, I think there, there might be more left to this, I think. It, I think in Jesus' admonition about stuff, there's kind of a, a dare for me, maybe. In his pronouncements about pointlessness, I think maybe the teacher is pushing me to see beyond a discussion that's merely about our stuff. Today, I think we're given some hints about some wonderful, but very hard for us to recognize and realize facts about God's regard. For us, we were given hints not about how to dispose of, a, of the wrong stuff, but how to find right stuff. And see, this right stuff sounds really nice when we sing about it and we talk about it and we think about it, but this nice stuff is really hard for us to come by. This, this right stuff says that we are no longer defined by the material world or even by what other people say about us or what we think about ourselves or, or how we are obsessed or ruled by other things. This right stuff says that we 
are loved and accepted. Period. This right stuff is a little thing called grace. Jesus reminds us today that grace is not found in stuff. Yes, he tells us that that our worth is not measured even by our life's work. Theologian Paul Tillich gives us a little help with this because he says grace is not abundance or even happiness, but the reality that is basic to who God is, is expressed in Christ that says that no amount of striving or acquisition or pleasure saves us. No amount of striving, acquisition, or pleasure saves us. In other words, these things, the grain in our silos, the guitars, the puffer fish, the wrong stuff, the wrong stuff cannot save us, no matter how much we hoard it up. Tillich also says grace saves us, God's forgiveness saves us. If there is anything about me that shows off my fallen nature, it isn't that I'm impatient or that I sometimes use colorful language or get road rage or that I'm bad or that even I pay too much attention to my iPhone or my my things or my job or my cars or my house or any of my stuff. No. What keeps me separated from God is not my desire for nice new clothes or things, but my acting on a belief about something that is fundamentally untrue about me. It's by acting on the belief that anything other than God's grace can ever define me. Even as a reasonably well-off, overfed comfortable, overprivileged, upper-class American, I especially, we especially need this right stuff called grace. Paul Tillich adds, in grace, something is overcome. Grace occurs in spite of something. Grace occurs in spite of separation and estrangement. Grace is the reunion of life with life, the reconciliation of the self with itself, Grace is the acceptance of that which is rejected. Grace transforms fate into a meaningful destiny. It changes guilt into confidence and courage. We all will live quite often focused on all these wrong things. I live focused on the wrong things. I live convinced sometimes that stuff completes me or even gives me, as Tillich says, the reconciliation of myself with self. But such is our state as human beings. However, what is also abundantly true about us all is that we are given real abundance in the form of grace from God freely. We are given this grace freely and in spite of ourselves. And what is true about us is that our lives, full of way too much, can be transformed into something meaningful. And since that is true, all is not vanity or vapor. And all is certainly not pointless.
not by a long shot. And thanks be to God for that.